Welcome to another episode of Growth Marketers Podcast. I am Solomon Timothy. And I am Taylor Rowe. Today's episode, we talked about the challenge that marketers go through when marketing to different personas or multiple personas, right? So a lot of times when you are building out your marketing plan or building out your brand positioning statements, the first step that everyone teaches you is you've got to identify who your persona is. But the reality is, is that most organizations have a more of a complicated sales process, especially in the B2B space, which is where I would say 90% of our clients are. It's not a linear sales process. They're not selling e-commerce direct to consumer. Uh, And if they are, that's just one of their channels, right? They may be selling through distribution partners, dealer networks, and then also selling direct as well. So what we're going to talk about today is if you are selling to multiple personas, how do you evaluate that? And then you adapt your marketing strategy to accomplish the goals that you're looking for, which is ultimately more sales and revenue. So I think we got into some good points here, talked about a, a couple of different scenarios. I hope you enjoy. So Taylor, today's topic is marketing to multiple personas. All right. So I want to break down everything that you need to do or learn how to market to multiple personas. I think to start things off, makes sense if you can just explain what a persona is for someone who's never heard that term before. Yeah, so a persona in the way that we look at it, at least from a marketing standpoint, is basically the criteria or characterization of uh, the person that you're marketing to, right? So if let's say you're marketing to specific industry, right? Like you you market to manufacturing companies, right? You would want to break that down even further where you maybe you market to the senior VP of logistics or, you know, procurement within manufacturing companies that is, you know, between 50 and a hundred million dollars in the Midwest region, right? The further you kind of break that down, understand who that persona is, and then what characteristics they may have or a person in their job may have. So what are their challenges? What are their pain points? What is the job that they're trying to accomplish? And essentially, the idea is to take that persona and align you know, your marketing message to meet that persona and speak their language, meet their challenges, and then ultimately talk about how you can take you know, from point A to point B with your product or solution. How detailed should you get? Right. I mean, when you say a persona and you know this is the VP, like you said, how much information do we have to put around this to really make sure that everybody understands the persona? Right. I mean, I, I think it's, you know, everybody, I think maybe goes a little bit too far to put it into hypotheticals. And you hear in the persona world, people will say, I, you know, you have marketing Mary and sales Sam right. and whatever it may be. In reality, your persona is your customer, right? So probably the easiest way to understand the different type of customers you may have is to talk to them or talk to your salespeople and try to, as much as you can, put them into different boxes and understand why someone might purchase your product. And when you start explaining that or having the customer explain that, they're probably going to start describing to you, you know, what that persona is going to look like, right? They're going to say, okay, well, you know, my persona is, you know, the CEO of a, a small business between, a, you know, one to 50 employees who's struggling with doing their own day-to-day, you know, job as well as managing people. And they have no way of holding their team accountable. And so our product is a, you know, time tracking software or whatever that may be project management software. And it's going to help that business owner. So this person is, you know, in over their head within the business, they're busy, they have no time, they're consuming content on nights and weekends. And that's when they get their information because nine to five or, you know, seven to eight, that's when they're actually doing their work. So those are the kind of things that, that you would to 
go through an exercise to develop your persona. But again, it's really just identifying who your customer is. So let me ask you a question. What if you're, let's say you're in the medical space, right? Mm -hmm. There's multiple people that you're technically selling to. How does that work? Right. Yeah. So the idea behind this podcast is, okay, not only are we identifying our personas, a lot of the companies that we work with, you know, especially in the, in the B2B space or really in the B2C space, it doesn't really matter. You're marketing to multiple personas and you may have multiple personas that could buy your product, or you might have multiple personas that would actually all be influenced within one transaction. So the medical space or you know pharmaceutical space is a great example because a lot of times, let's just say you're selling a, some sort of pharmaceutical, right? Or even a medical device. Your end customer, right? Or your end target market is really the, the patient, right? The patient who's going to buy your drugs or, you know, who's actually going to get the surgery and get the, you know, hip replacement part that you're trying to market. You always um, use hip re- replacement <laughs> as an example, which yeah. is kind of interesting. Yeah, well, that's yeah, a, yeah. It's a common one. Yeah, it's common. yeah. We all have um, a lot of hip replacement patients. I guess that's it. Yeah. So in terms of that, right, you know, you think about that from a marketer's point of view, there's a challenge because you not only really can't directly market to that person because of some of the HIPAA laws and right. you know challenges that you may have, but also they're not the ones that really make the decision ultimately, right? They they can't you can't this is not an over the counter product in this scenario that you can go to uh, and and buy. However, that is one of the personas you would want to market to and influence because they are heavily dictating that end result of that and outcome of you know the fact that they need to get up and go to the doctor and ask them about this prescription or they need to actually, you know, request this type of you know, hip replacement piece that we're talking about. Right. So they're not your customer, but they're, you know, an influencer in the decision. So they are a persona that you would want to market to. So that's why you always see, you know, pharmaceutical companies running commercials and spending all this money on ads marketing to that particular persona. The other per- ask your doctor. Exactly. <laughs> And so another persona would be in that scenario would be the doctors themselves, right? And so uh, just like we talked about understanding the doctor and understanding your persona, you have to understand how they get their information. Well, they generally get their information in these scenarios from pharmaceutical sales reps and distribution partners, right? So that then opens up another you know, persona that you need to market to, who is the actual sales reps, distribution partners. And then if you're talking about more of a medical device, like we're talking about in the second example, you need to actually market to the executives within these healthcare systems, because a lot of times they can only run so many different vendors for different each type of surgery that they have or each you know type of medical device. So you have to actually market to them. And so it becomes a complicated scenario because now you have in this what we're talking about three, four different vendors or three, four different personas. And then you have to start to identify the buyer's journey. We always talk about the buyer's journey. Whenever you're trying to market to them, you have to look at the buyer's journey multiplied by each one of these vendors. So if you have three different vendors or three different personas, and then the buyer's journey also consists of awareness stage, consideration stage, and then decision-making stage. Even if you were just to run one campaign that addresses each one of those, that's nine different campaigns, right? And so even when you look at something that can seem simple, like a a Google ads campaign or SEO, when you start to break the different search terms and keywords into different categories, top of the funnel, middle of the funnel, bottom of the funnel, and then look at all the different personas, this is where, you know, campaigns can get very, very complex 
and require a lot of resources. And then so that's when you want to start prioritizing based on who can you influence the most or which one of those personas, which one of those stages in the buyer's journey is going to yield the best results in terms of getting in front of them in the pharmaceutical base, obviously. A lot of times they go to the general public or to the consumer, the patient, because it's a volume game. Or you would go into the distribution partners and the pharmaceutical sales reps because it's more of a one-to-many sale, right? If you can get into them, then you have an army of salespeople that you're marketing and then they're marketing on your behalf to the doctors who are then going to tell the patients. So it's a matter of, do you want to push that demand through the funnel or do you want to pull that demand in through the end patient, through the doctors? So that's kind of what we talk about in terms of identifying first who the different personas are and then allocating your resources appropriately in order to reach each of those personas. So let me ask you a question because we mentioned so many different personas. How many personas on the low end should you have or can you work with? I mean, one is fine, but when you get three or four or five, how many is too much? Right. It depends on your resources, right? I mean, I think if you are really trying to accomplish a, a comprehensive marketing program, which is leading with education and educating your buyers or your different personas on the value of working with your organization, then you want to make sure that you're creating content and promoting that content to each one of those different personas and distributing it properly through the channels that your personas are actually going to consume that content. And so I I think there's really no limit. I mean, you would actually probably want to break it down further and further and further. That's not to say that you can't reuse some of that content, but you'd want to be as comprehensive as possible, right? That's where you start to build a brand is because you're influencing every stage of that, that buyer's journey. But at the same time, if you don't have the resources, you kind of have to start somewhere. And so I wouldn't be in that scenario. I probably wouldn't overcomplicate it and worry about all these different distinctions. I would start big picture and like, okay, well, who, who do we sell to? We sell to dealers. We sell hundred percent through distribution partners. We're a manufacturing company. We manufacture you know, this widget. And yes, we can sell direct through our website, but our biggest bang for our buck is going to be getting into more dealers or more distribution partners so that they can then sell it direct and we don't have to worry about marketing to the masses, right? So if that's scenario, then you just break down your persona of, okay, what type of dealers are you trying to go after and who is the one that makes the purchasing decisions or the you know new vendor decision in terms of what products they're going to sell and how do we want to market to them? Hey, thanks for listening. Solomon here. Are you frustrated because you're not getting enough inbound leads? You're worried that the leads that you're getting are not qualified? Or maybe you're disappointed in the conversion rate from the leads to customers, right? It's really, really low. Well, I got good news for you. I talk to business owners every single day. You're not alone, right? Business go through this when there is a lack of strategy sometimes. Uh, Maybe the approach isn't appropriate for your situation or sometimes you got all of those things right, but it was just poor execution. I'll tell you what, head over to oneims.com and fill out one of our forms. Talk to one of our consultants. That's all we do. We talk to business owners day in and day out. Share with us your challenges and see if we're a fit, right? See if we can find you a solution to your growing pains. You know, our hope here at OneIMS, and especially with this podcast, is to give you the tools, the technology, the ideas, the strategies, everything we possibly can for you to succeed. All right, so thank you for listening and let's get back to our topic for the day. So it really just comes down to your resources. And like I said, don't overcomplicate it, 
but um, just kind of identify where you're going to see the biggest return. Yeah. And also I've heard the term, you know, avatar by many marketers. So if you've heard that in videos and such, it's the same thing. They're saying an avatar. It's the same thing as your dream client. It's the same thing as a persona. Right. Your uh, ideal ideal customer profile is the way that a lot of times we'll look at it in the sales yeah. department. The same idea. It's what criteria makes up, like you said, your dream prospect, your dream client. And that's why I always say start with your best clients, right? Look yeah. at what makes them unique. We've talked in the past about you know, industry verticals versus cosmetic verticals and those sorts of things. So make sure that you're not looking at it in service level and saying, you know, okay, well, we work really well with this one company. Make sure that's not a, a unicorn type of equation, right? The person who made that purchasing decision, the person who's your main point of contact, what is unique about them or what makes them different than the rest of your customers and kind of start there. What are some common maybe mistakes or issues that you see when people are trying to, I guess, market to multiple personas? That would be a you know, it'd be interesting to hear. Yeah. I think it's the biggest mistake for sure is when they don't either acknowledge that there are multiple personas or they do and they don't care. Meaning that they're going to take one marketing message or one branding and apply it to everything and everyone. Right. And so that is a huge mistake because especially in today's day and age, we need to quickly explain, you know, who I am, why I'm here and why should you care? Right. And if you can't do that because you're trying to use this one boxed up solution that you're going to then market to all these different personas we're just talking about. And it doesn't resonate with me because, you know, I'm a patient and you're talking to doctors or you're talking to dealers and distribution partners and I'm an end customer and I just want to buy online. I don't want to buy in bulk, right? The pain points and the value proposition and the unique sort of positioning statement is going to be completely different. So that's the biggest mistake is that when you, as a team or as an organization or a marketing department, try to paint a broad brush and say, okay, here's our unique value proposition. And here's our marketing message. Here's our branding, right? Go put it on everything, put it on our billboards, put it on Facebook ads, put it in, you know, on our website. This is our branding. We live in, you know, a world of technology where we can have hyper personalization. So use that to your advantage. And would you recommend putting on the website, like, Hey, sort of self recognizing what persona they are. Like I am a business owner or whatever CTO. Do you, do you recommend putting that or industry pages and so on? Yeah, it's a great way that we've seen a lot, uh, you know, a big trend within websites is like you said, self-identifying and basically allowing the user to go down their own funnel, if you will. And especially within the website, it depends on where the traffic is coming from. But I think it's a, it's a great idea, right? So whatever page of the website you want to look at, what is the use case of this page? Meaning what is, what are we trying to convey here and how are people going to find it? So if it's, page is sending traffic from you know number of different channels organic search paid search whatever that may be people are just going directly to your homepage and you haven't yet filtered out the traffic meaning obviously if it's let's say it's a paid campaign that you already have targeted your persona right then they're going to go to landing pages that are already specific to that but if they're just going to the homepage then yeah having you know homeowner I'm a mortgage officer or I'm a broker I'm a real estate agent those are three different sections on one website let the user identify who they are and then they'll you know experience a completely different website than someone who's in a different category a different persona and it's really all about the user right i mean why would the user want to go to your website and try to decipher all this information and see which one makes sense for them you as a user right if you're going to a website don't you want to click on the one that says well i'm a ceo of a you know right. business with less than 100 employees 
let me let me check this out because these other pricing models, this other information is not relevant to me because that's right. not what I'm doing. I absolutely agree. And I do see that when I'm shopping or when I'm looking, giving me an option to figure out where should I be going saves yeah. me time and I'd leave less frustrated. Right. Well, remember before when you could go out into the world and you could go to the mall, right? Imagine if you went to finish line and all the shoes were just all over the place. And okay. there was not a men's section and a women's section and a kid's section and a running section and a golf section, basketball, right. if they were just all over and you had to filter through them all. That's true. That would not be a great experience. Yep. And I wouldn't probably buy anything either. I'll be right. like, this is, <laughs> this is too <laughs> right. much for me. <laughs> right. I can't right. handle it. Any final thoughts? No, yeah, I think the important takeaway is to first understand who your different personas are. And then at that point is when you start looking at the buyer's journey, right? A lot of times organizations will look at the buyer's journey and then try to apply, you know, piecemeal together in terms of the persona and how it's going to match here and there. So what we like to map out is first who are the different personas and then every piece of research you do after that to camp build your campaign is based on those personas. So each persona should have its own strategy in terms of the competitive research, the industry analysis, the buyer's journey analysis, all of that should be specific to the persona, right? Because I mean, we talk about, you know, keyword research or competitive research, um, there's a lot of companies that we work with where based on different features that you may have with your software or based on different segments that you have within your manufacturing company, you can have five different sets of competitors, right? Because you have five different products and each one of your products has different sets of competitors. So how could you possibly, again, build a, a broad strategy that's going to be effective at all without first identifying what we're even talking about, which personas we're even marketing to and which of our products or solutions align with that? then build out the strategy for each one. Once you have that strategy, that's when you can start to prioritize because it can become overwhelming, but at least you'll be very, very strategic with how you actually roll out these campaigns and know who you're actually marketing to, which sounds pretty basic and fundamental, but it'd be something that so many times people overlook that aspect. Right. And also I would say if you're struggling to get traction right, from your inbound marketing efforts, taking a look at the messaging and see, hey, who are we speaking to? Do we let them identify? Are we making it easier? So if a CTO comes, they can see their content. Or if it's a CEO, they can see their content. I'm just using marketing. Like you said, marketing manager, go here, allowing them to decide even if they're you know, an influencer right. in the decision, how do we let them get what they want, right? Like if you're selling to a CFO and a CTO, they have two different needs. CFO well, wants to know the price. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no. And that's the key point too, is it doesn't have to be different products or solutions, right? You can sell one product. I mean, the whole idea behind ABM, right? When people were first talking about that buzzword is that we're going to sell to this account rather than to this person. So then it's the same idea of taking one company and breaking down multiple personas or decision-making influencers and actually marketing to them. So you could sell one product to one company, but you're going to have different messaging to the CFO who cares about money saving or money making. And that's it. You're going to have different messaging to the CEO. You're going to have different messaging to the CTO or the chief security officer who is worried about security or compliance or whatever that may be. So the messaging, the value, same product, same features, benefits, but we're highlighting different pieces. We're speaking different language because we're talking to a different person. So if again, that's not understood, then it's, it's not going to be done. Right. Trying to do the same ebook or checklist to all of those people will not work. They're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this thing. Right. And And that's why 
Yeah. And that's why, you know, if you haven't listened to the podcast about the kind of understanding the the niche or the verticals, right, between the cosmetic and the what we call cosmetic and structural, same idea, right? You could identify that one company and just say, okay, well, what is unique about them? Well, they're in the aerospace industry. So that's who we want to work with. Or they're in CPG industry. So that's who we want to work with. But that persona is taking it that step further. And that's what we were just talking about is, okay, well, the CEO has different priorities than the CFO. One job different, same company, same industry, and our software, our product offers the same value, but one person is going to care about feature benefit A and one person is going to care about feature benefit B. And that changes too <laughs> from time to time. It's not even like it's the same. You know, right. Well, months. especially... Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, especially what's going on right now, if you're listening to this in the future right now is, uh, what is it, April? And we're in the middle of a lockdown, nationwide lockdown. You know, something that your feature, whatever your benefit of working with you used to be about adding revenue, right? That was the, the pain point that maybe a CFO had. Now it's about cutting costs, saving money, right? Maybe that's what they care about. So again, the same thing, but the messaging is a little bit different. Priorities shift, priorities change. So that's a, that's a great point to always make sure that you're reevaluating uh, the market and what your actual personas might care about. Thanks a lot, Taylor, for an amazing episode. Can't wait to do more. Uh, if you're listening to this or watching this, leave us a comment. Tell us what your thoughts are or even specific questions about Persona that you'd like us to answer on future episodes. Also subscribe and share it with a friend. All right, thanks a lot for watching or listening. We will see you next time. All right, so if you enjoyed this episode, here are five things that you can do to help us. Number one, make sure you click that subscribe button so you never miss another show. Number two, share this with a friend that you know needed to hear this. And three, leave us a comment. We love hearing your thoughts, your ideas, things that you've learned so others can learn from you. And four, if you have a topic that you'd like us to cover, let us know so we can put that in our notes and share our insight all right, for our next episode or the one after that. And finally, you guys, join other growth marketers, head over to oneims.com and check out all the resources that we have made just for you. I'm talking guides, webinars, blogs, videos, anything that could help you become a growth marketer. All right. So thanks a lot for joining us this week on the Growth Marketers Podcast, and I will see you next time.